0: The invention of the printing press in the mid 15th century changed the world. It ushered in the Age of Enlightenment, it was at the forefront of the Reformation, it removed the barrier of entry between the educated aristocracy and the illiterate middle class. Now, I could go on and on, but the point is the ability to share ideas, beliefs, and stories with the world was a really big deal. Here we are, almost 600 years later, and it's easy for a cool millennial like myself to imagine a world without printing. Because honestly, I can barely remember the last time I had to print anything. However, I can't imagine what life would look like without the ability to learn about different topics, share ideas or creations, and listen to stories. Heck, that's how I'm able to make this podcast. But why am I recording myself reading the history of the printing press off of Wikipedia, you ask? Well, because WordPress.
1: One of the things I talked about last year was uh, the admonishment and request for you all to learn JavaScript deeply. I have good news, 28% of WordPress is now JavaScript. Uh, It was about 28% last
2: year,
0: though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If the core of what WordPress does is about publishing and writing, I think that we should have the best interface in the world for doing that. This is like my white whale. I will keep working on making an editor until I die. and it's an unknown Uh, but like the quote that i launched things with you cannot learn to walk unless you're prepared to fall so i'm certain that we will fall a few times over the coming year so who here has heard of the gutenberg editor so far this is now available in the wordpress plugin directory
0: Those were clips of the co-founder of WordPress, Matt Mullenweg, ushering in the future of WordPress at WordCamp US in 2016 and WordCamp Europe in 2017. But those announcements were just the beginning of an almost two-year-long journey. Today, we're going to discuss that journey and dig into the community that it impacted. So friends, welcome to Hello WP, a podcast about what it's like to be a new WordPress user. My name is Micah, And pretty soon here, you'll hear the voice of my co-host, Josh. At this point, I've been in over my head in WordPress for about three months, and all people seem to be talking about are Gutenberg and blocks. So unless you've been under a block and not building a block, you're probably just as confused as I was getting started. Let me explain. Gutenberg is WordPress's new post and page editor. It reimagines the classic editing experience that feels a lot like editing a Word doc and allows you to build and arrange content block by block, kind of like the movable type printing press mentioned at the top of the show, which was invented by, wait for it, Johannes Gutenberg. So before we dive in, I want to say to our WP insiders, I know there's been a lot of controversy around Gutenberg, but don't stop listening yet. Hearing from a new guy might just be the unique perspective you need while getting started with this new editor.
3: Hello, Micah. Hello, Josh. Do you know what Gutenberg is? I
0: mean, you've mentioned it before.
3: I've mentioned it. Yeah, Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I know that it's a new thing coming from WordPress, but I don't really know too much about it
3: yeah WordPress is really undergoing kind of a massive transition right now. Hmm. It's a big topic of conversation. This is probably the most out of place episode for hello w p okay, but I wanted to do kind of a time capsule piece, yeah that I think will be relevant into the future, but I also am aware by speaking of a technology that's kind of coming out right now, we're running the risk of going, this is really gonna be a history piece, a right culture, WordPress culture piece.
0: So we should probably set the scene then as we wanted to make this episode more as a community piece, right? Yeah. It's less about Gutenberg itself and more about WordPress's community.
3: Yeah, because I I really think we can talk about the technology of Gutenberg, and I think that's a good spot to frame it. Mm -hmm. But really, as we talk about Gutenberg, it branches into a much broader conversation of what it's like to be a new WordPress user in a time of massive transition for WordPress.
0: I mean, I just got hired. Like, I'm brand new to WPMU Dev. Yes. And with that, I'm brand new to WordPress's community and i agree with that statement you're you're speaking my language this is a weird time to be joining wordpress because i feel this uh division within the community as i dig in
3: and you're kind of in a in a unique position right now yeah. to see this all kind of unfold that's true so today on hello wp we're going to say hello to gutenberg
0: greetings gutenberg
3: greetings gutenberg <laughs> And WordPress 5.0, really, because once this episode's released and we realize where everything's at, it won't be talked about as the Gutenberg plugin anymore. It will just be WordPress Core. Yeah. So we're going to have a lot of interesting conversations, I think, around this topic. But what I wanted to kind of highlight, and I can speak for a little bit for WPMU Dev, but a lot of my stuff's going to be more personal along the lines of what I see Within and what I've company. noticed. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: Because I've, I've been curious as to how it's going to affect the community at large mm-hmm. and specifically our company. How is it going to affect us?
3: Yeah, so the WPMU dev statement's actually been out for a long time, and it, mm-hmm. it actually came up before Gutenberg. We were already headed in a trajectory where we decided we want to support WordPress, with our services, our products, um, we're continuing development on certain plugins, but we've really moved in this direction of, of optimization, security, and speed, and these kinds of things that are great for every site. Yeah. And so right around the time that we were getting ready to announce that Gutenberg was approved for Core and mm-hmm. we made a statement, we're going to get rid of our own page builder that we had at the time. And we are going to say we're supporting now all of these page builders, including Gutenberg. And mm-hmm. so what, as WordPress makes changes and shifts, we're going with it and try to um, make the process of transition as smooth as we can for our users. And I think what's going to be interesting as you dive into this, I think this is going to be the most challenging episode to get any kind of concrete feedback on. Why
0: is that? Why do you think that?
3: I I think that because there's a lot of uncertainty in Mm. what all of this means. Mm. What needs to be clearly stated inside of this for you Mm -hmm. is tread lightly in one regards. I want you to press into the community at large because it's one thing for us to give a WPMU dev statement about Gutenberg. right? But I think we have to move way beyond a WPmu dev statement. Yeah. If you're going to understand WordPress yeah. and the community that surrounds it, people are massively invested because it's their livelihood. Right. Um so this is what I think you should do. I think you need to spend a lot of time pressing into the community, talking to people around the the space and I think a good place for you to start is exploring Gutenberg and using the plugin Yourself.
4: Yeah. All
5: right.
0: Perfect. Josh's advice to explore Gutenberg, though wise, was not the first thing I ended up doing. I thought I'd do a tiny bit of reading first, which actually became a headlong, all-in, no-turning-back, deep-dive into all things Gutenberg. So I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to my wife for turning every conversation into a Gutenberg conversation over the last several months. I did finally sit down to record my experience, but my goodness, is it an extremely boring 45 minutes of audio. So instead of making you suffer through too much of it, uh, here's a quick highlight reel. Oh, there's one for table? Dude, that's cool. I wanna see the button thing, that sounds pretty cool. Oh wow, that's pretty awesome. Oh, I like that. That's super cool. Oh nice, that's cool. The color settings is pretty cool. And it looks really good in my theme. I like how that looks. Oh man, that is so cool. This is amazing. You can build a page with Gutenberg too? What? So I liked it, big deal. But I'm also aware that I'm basically the guy Gutenberg was designed for. You know, the non coding previous Squarespace and Wix using wannabe minimalist type. But what are people saying behind the curtain? How are longtime users, developers, business owners, and people who depend on assistive technology responding? And how did a plugin with less than two and a half stars get the thumbs up for a merge with Core? First of all, it's important to state that there's a whole lot of love, support, and hard work behind the Gutenberg project. Many of the people who have voiced legitimate concerns also voiced their unending commitment to WordPress. As far as the naysayers though, we've vacuum sealed their feedback into three neat statements. We don't feel heard, we don't think it's ready, and we don't see the point. So let's hear from somebody who said all three of those things.
2: Hi, so my name's Scott Bowler. And I am the crazy person who thought it'd be a good idea to start a WordPress fork.
0: Yep, you heard that correctly. Scott is forking WordPress. And no, I'm not referring to some sort of medieval witch hunt, although this did start as a protest. Scott is copying WordPress's open source code and launching a new project called Classic Press. Now, if you're asking yourself, but isn't that stealing? like I did, it's actually not. This is completely allowed under WordPress's license as long as he cites where the code came from. Fun fact, back in 2003, WordPress started as a fork of another software. It was called B2. Can you tell me the origin story of Classic Press? Sure.
2: So as a kind of a day job, one of the things I do is manage customer websites. So I look after about 50 websites and they're all powered by WordPress. Mm Mm-hmm. And the way we've set all our websites up is very specific to our needs. And we we actually have our own page builder. So Gutenberg is a page builder and we have our own. And there's lots of pros to page builders. Um, But Gutenberg was going to pretty much destroy all the websites we'd created. We'd have to migrate everything and it would have caused all sorts of problems. So my first step in this whole process was just to go and leave a review and the feedback kind of fell on deaf ears. That if you if you ever get a chance to look through the reviews, you'll see that there's the same topics come up over and over and over again. People don't have an issue with Gutenberg as a thing, as a page builder, right? but they do have an issue with it becoming part of WordPress. So my, my suggestion was, well, just keep it as a plugin. If it's this great plugin, and it's this great feature that people are going to want, then why bring it into the core of, of WordPress? It didn't make much sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of people were saying exactly the same thing, but the kind of meat of the conversation was ignored. And the more I dug into it, I realized that it is a case of this is coming, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And at that point I thought, okay, what can I do? And so I thought, well, let's start a petition. That's That might be a way to get the attention of people like Matt Mullenweg. And let's see if we can get enough signatures to to kind of raise the awareness so i started the petition petition and at the same time i thought well let's put a landing page up and say let's have a fork we will if this petition doesn't work the only option left to me as a business is to have another option altogether right so classic (laughs) press was born and that kind of exploded so next thing i know I'm getting emails, I'm getting invited to interviews, and it's kind of snowballed from there. We've had volunteers pretty much from day one appear wow. offering to help with a fork. Not everybody's got exactly the same reasoning behind not wanting to use Gutenberg, but there's a large number of people who are not happy with the current situation. I guess we're two and a half months in, we've got well over 150 people on our Slack channel we've probably, I've kind of lost count of the number of contributors we've got, but we've probably reached about 30 to 40 volunteers. And it's just gone from there really. And the whole thing behind it, it started as a protest. It evolved very quickly to being, okay, this is actually something real. Mm -hmm. And then from that point, we've kind of okay, we can't, if we're going to become a fork and become something in our own right. We can't then just permanently be, be a protest against Gutenberg. Right. So we decided to evolve what we're doing, and our vision now is to focus this fork on serving the business users of WordPress.
0: Why do Why do you see Gutenberg as the wrong move for WordPress? I the the reason I ask this is. And maybe this is just because I am a newer user, but isn't a more modern and user-friendly experience a good move?
2: Well, the thing is, there's already options. The beauty of WordPress is everybody's got choice, whereas this, this isn't a choice. This is you will use Gutenberg, even though I personally think it's one of the weakest options in terms of page builders.
0: While researching for this series, I found that WordPress grew into the creature it is today because of its community, but this conversation with Scott kind of left me wondering if I was missing something. While Scott believes WordPress has drawn a clear line in the sand as far as who their target market is, there are people who say WordPress is trying to serve too broad a market. For this opinion, we must go outside of WordPress's walls, to our friend's backyard. No, I mean literally, we recorded an interview in our friend's backyard. Kyle Campos is our resident WordPress hater and tech master. For 20 years, he's been a leader in the DevOps world and is often requested to speak on panels alongside people like Michael Dell, the founder of Dell Computers. When Josh and I asked him what his dream content management system would be, he said,
5: I mean, if I was putting my biz dev hat on for WordPress, I I probably would say, let's keep Let's retain the flexibility is a sort of core uh, a value proposition we have, but we have to treat it better, and we have to make it not so difficult and brittle. brittleness is the problem essentially so how do we help people navigate the complexity of that flexibility?
0: when we told okay. Kyle about what was coming to WordPress with Gutenberg, he actually responded by affirming this new direction
5: I think that's a really positive direction because it, it retains the flexibility, but it brings in convention t- to that flexibility. It's like, yeah, you can be totally flexible, but here's the mechanisms by which you, you know, explore. You kind of create a safe you know, playground for that flexibility. Too much choice is a bad thing. Mm. You want to, to be able to bring helpful conventions to your engineers. If you're trying to solve this type of problem, Here's the way we like to solve that type of problem. So fall under that convention, right? And so, similarly, I think WordPress could could learn the lessons that other software development companies have yeah. been learning over the past, you know, years, and apply it to their own framework.
0: Yeah. Okay. that this, this gets into something that I've been diving into with the release of Gutenberg and WordPress Mm -hmm. despite the struggles that WordPress is going through with this Gutenberg thing I still feel like they're trying to be inclusive from non-techie people who just want to build a blog to the people who want to make a a functional website yeah. to the people who want to build really big businesses. Yeah. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe right. they're trying to cater to too many people.
5: And There's these things called personas, which are essentially, who are the types of people that are going to be interacting with this particular product, or part of a product, and you actually develop like the, oh, where Persona A is like a 35-year-old, you know, bro who, like, Loves this and that, and he's got these types of skills. He loves his beers right. and he loves his bros. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he wants to build a blog. Yeah, about the beers and bros. Yeah. So yeah, so you'll kind of say like Check this me is out our on <laughs> beers and bros. <laughs> look that up. You can't have an unending list of personas. Like oh, the dude that just learned PHP, he needs to be able to build a website. Mm-hmm. Like maybe not.
0: So is the grass really going to be greener on the other side of Gutenberg? And how could something so small, like a new editor, cause this splintering? Well, first off, probably because many people don't like change, including myself. I mean, why reinvent the printing press? This type of change requires time, possibly some money, and of course, education. And that's where this guy found his niche in the WordPress community.
1: Hello, hello. Hear me okay?
0: Yeah, how are you doing? I'm good. Hold on, let me throw these headphones in. This is real-life educator and self-made WordPress educator, Zach Gordon. He's carrying WordPress users into the Gutenberg era by helping them learn JavaScript deeply on his site, javascriptforwp.com. So uh, what's your involvement with Gutenberg? Yeah, so most of the work I
1: do, like my background is in education and teaching. So end of last year, I put out a Gutenberg development course. So I've learned a lot just from building it and answering people's questions who've taken it. And uh, I did a theme course after that. And now I'm working on an advanced Gutenberg one.
0: So the more that I've dug into uh, WordPress and Gutenberg, the more I've realized how incredibly polarized people are about it. On one end, people are saying, oh, this is the new beginning for WordPress. And then on the other end, they're saying that that is the beginning of the end, you know, is that, does that seem like a fair assessment?
1: I think that that is quite a fair assessment, especially if you're trying to look at it at a high level and figure out what's going on. You right. nailed it. It's polarizing and there's a lot of different views that aren't even always about the, the interface and the editor itself. It's how it's being rolled out. It's what it means and all of that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: And then from a new user perspective, the drama around it, is qu- is quite off-putting and, and slightly overwhelming for me. Does that kind of make things weird for you when you're when you're traveling around or teaching these classes? Do you ever feel that tension?
1: Oh, I feel it. In fact, I try to be masterful in how I interact with it. Uh, oh,
0: get into that. I'd like to hear about that. Yeah,
1: so to start with for the new user. So, you know, we've done some workshops and demonstrations of Gutenberg and folks who are new to to it really enjoy it. They're like, oh, this is cool. Like, oh, I could do this and this. And they're already playing around. They're like, I don't, you don't need to tell me about it. I could, I could do it. Yeah. And then when you hear how much drama goes on, behind, <laughs> like as a new user, that's like so awkward. You're like, wait, should I not like this? Like, yeah. should I be afraid? Is there stuff that doesn't work? Like, did I not try stuff? Yeah. And that's real. And that's uh, unfortunate. Um, I take the approach of look like, my job is an educator, so I'm right. going to teach this, and I'm going to show you how to use what is being rolled out. We're seeing a lot of people uh, affected in different ways and reacting to it in different ways. And uh, yeah. hashtag Welcome to WordPress community. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no. I've enjoyed. But I do want to reiterate that, like, the software is pretty cool, and for yeah. the average user, we're getting something great. Yeah.
0: From what I understand, Gutenberg's code is different. Um, or more modern than what WordPress has used in the past. Can you explain Mm -hmm. that a bit?
1: Yes. Uh, We won't go super deep, so I'm going to just throw some buzzwords around. How about that? And we won't worry about the implications too much. But WordPress has traditionally been a PHP and um, MySQL-based thing. We have a database. We have some code running on your hosting provider, and that's what builds out WordPress. And the amount of code that's built that way is kind of shrinking, And we're introducing a new way of stuff that uh, runs more in your browser itself. So like the editor can do more and react to things and be really cool. And your ability to drag and drop and design that type of code in WordPress is getting a lot bigger. And that's built with JavaScript and React and Redux and all these fun kind of things that everybody else on the web has been building modern (laughs) stuff with for the past like five, six years. And now we're finally getting to it in WordPress. So hopefully that gives like a, an idea of it. I know that doesn't go into too much depth, but um,
0: no, that's super helpful. So it's kind of a thing that's been around for like five years, but we haven't done too much with it.
1: Yeah. And it's the type of interactions, like if you use Facebook or Twitter and things can automatically get updated, or if you've used, um, sorry not to mention these, but like Wix or Squarespace, or (laughs) even just within WordPress, if you use a page builder, plugins like Divi or Beaver Builder that allow you to kind of more visually design stuff, those are the changes. And the old stuff ain't going away. We're just adding more on top
0: of it. Does Gutenberg make WordPress more clunky or does it slow it down at all? it has
1: to do weird things to interact with WordPress, right? (laughs) But on its own, like it's a beautiful modern JavaScript application that can exist in and outside of WordPress. So in and of itself, I think they did a really good job. And most developers in the world that come into WordPress are like, how did you build it? What is this so antiquated Yeah, in its own bubble? It's a pretty cool thing, but yes, it makes WordPress itself that much more complex. And, uh, probably a little bit harder for beginners to do some stuff with that in the past would have been a little bit easier.
0: What do you wish people understood or saw um, that would turn them into Gutenberg believers? Mm.
1: Well, okay. This is my sales pitch as an educator. Okay. Regardless of what happens with Gutenberg, if you take a course like mine or anybody that's teaching it, It's a lot easier to learn React and these modern tools than you think. I can promise you, I've literally seen hundreds of people go through this that like after a weekend of playing around, they're 50% through this process of learning all these new skills Mm. a lot faster than they thought because WordPress does make it easier. And then If you keep learning that for a couple months, you know, or over the course of a year, picking this stuff up, you have a whole new skill set. And it's a modern one. It's one that makes money. It's one that you could use in WordPress because it's in huge demand. Mm. It's one that you could use outside of WordPress. So you're not losing anything out personally by doing this. Even if Gutenberg were to
0: tank. Mm. How's that? Is that good sales pitch? I like it. I'm sold. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. There is at least one area of agreement between Scott, Kyle, and Zach, and that is that it's time for WordPress to go in a different direction. The difference, however, are in their responses to the chosen direction. For example, while Scott is calling people away from Gutenberg, Zach is embracing it and inviting others to do the same. I wondered though, are these conflicting opinions and responses having any sort of impact on Gutenberg's development? So I went directly to the source. After this break, I talk to The Source. This episode of Hello WP is brought to you by WPMU Dev, now with managed
3: hosting. Heck yes it is. (laughs) It's a party. This is a big deal. It's been a dream for a long time, my friend, but the framework... Oh, thank you, my friend. (laughs) the framework has been (laughs) no um, we're talking about hosting who better to call than Ronnie Burt hey Ronnie talk to me where are you right now
6: I'm in my driveway
3: what makes WPMU Dev Hosting exciting
5: the fact that we're offering dedicated hosting Dedicated resources, full on support, managed hosting or shared hosting prices.
3: Mm. Thanks for taking the call with us. Sure. You're a busy man. I
5: just I just lost the tennis match, so I'm in a bad mood.
3: Oh no. You just lost <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Ronnie Burt just lost tennis. Yeah. But he's yeah. he's a part of a massive organization that's providing hosting. To its clients, and now he can be happy again. You may
0: have lost tennis, but you won on the internet. Mm hmm. Ah, no, did one internet? All right, thank you. You too can win on the internet with WPMU Dev's fully loaded managed hosting. Get started today at WPMUDev.com. Unfortunately, the project lead and aforementioned WordPress co-founder, Matt Mullenweg, declined my request for an interview, and my request to WordPress.com's parent company, Automatic, went unanswered. My last resort was a call into the dark on the WordPress open Slack channel. My first response was from Tammy, Gutenberg's design lead, kindly suggesting I wait till 5.0 is released to get an interview or write the story based on what I see outside of interviews. But finally, I received a different kind of response. So can we just start with an introduction? Just say your name and, and what you do, and, and, uh, and then we'll go from there.
7: I'm Chris Van Patten. I run a small digital agency in New York City for magazine publishers, but I'm also a contributor to the
0: Gutenberg project for WordPress. So what is your involvement in the development of Gutenberg? What what particular job have you taken on?
7: A lot of the contributions that I've made are driven by things that I found we needed in our client projects. So, um, You know, if I am building something for a client and I notice a bug or I notice a way that something could be better based on the way that I'm using it, um, that might mean that I submit a new ticket about that or report the bug. It might mean that I look and see, you know, there have been cases where somebody already has, has submitted a ticket for that, um, and so I've been able to go in and just say, "Hey, you know that that matters to me too." If I feel like it's something that I can do, I'll go in and I'll make a copy of the Gutenberg code and I'll make the changes and I submit that as a pull request, which says, "Hey, hey, Gutenberg leaders." here's some code that I think solves this particular problem or, or adds this particular feature. Um, and, and also something that more recently I've taken on is that I'm going to be working to kind of coordinate and and be an air traffic controller for the different documentation efforts that are happening right now, Hmm. um, for WordPress 5.0.
0: Do you think that there's a common misunderstanding about Gutenberg? Huh?
7: That's a good question. Um, I think I want to be clear that I think most misconceptions like come from a place of truth. Um, You know, I don't want to, you know, negate those experiences at all. I would say like, I do find that there are a lot of people who are very afraid of the, the kind of level of JavaScript and react that Gutenberg involves. I understand where that comes from because I myself don't fully understand react and JavaScript and all these different things. But the development team has done a really excellent job of making it very easy to build new blocks without having to understand a ton of information or you know coding concepts about React. So, sure. it's, so one, I'd say it's it's a little easier to get started than you might think.
0: So it's no secret that um, there's been a lot of drama around the release <laughs> of Gutenberg. So. Do you feel that any of this drama has impacted the development of Gutenberg? I
7: wouldn't say that it has like dramatically shifted the development in one direction or the other. I but I would say like I think when these discussions come up, it definitely you know, nudges us, which right. I think is appropriate because it is different. Right. And I think that that kind of change can be very scary. You know, as much as possible we want to of course be be open to that feedback, um, but also appreciating that, the, you know, I think change is inevitable. And I think a lot of the times the question is just, are there small ways that we can make that change um, a little more intuitive or a little less painful? Or
0: Yeah, I think that's really cool. The idea that you guys um, have to be aware That there's people on the other end of this.
7: Yeah, absolutely. And, like, for those of us who are working with clients, of course, you know, we're thinking about, you know, how are we going to integrate Gutenberg for our clients? I certainly have clients who I know are interested, um, and we have clients we've launched on Gutenberg already. But I also have another set of clients where, you know, I'll be the first to admit we're not going to have them on Gutenberg on day one. Mm -hmm. We may not have them on Gutenberg for six months or a year or more. Um, and that's okay, right? You know, we there's the classic editor pl- plug in, That experience is going to be protected um, for a while to come. And it's totally fine to say, you know what? I'm not ready for this. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it might surprise people that even myself as somebody contributing actively to Gutenberg, that there are going to be many of my clients who I say, you know what? This isn't right for you right now. Hmm. It could be that their use case is so small and specific enough that Gutenberg wouldn't make a big enough difference for them.
0: Sure. Would you mind giving a a brief example of what that kind of use case would be? I
7: think people who are using page builders, I think should be a little hesitant to jump to Gutenberg. I think the long-term vision is that Gutenberg will work really nicely with those page page builders and kind of augment those experiences. But I think right now, if you're using that, that, that you might want to be Very careful.
0: Okay, I want to pause here for a minute to address this concern about page builders interacting with Gutenberg. This isn't the first time I've heard this warning. So I reached out to the folks behind three of the most popular WordPress page builders, Elementor, Beaver Builder, and Elegant Themes, a.k.a. the creators of Divi. Elegant Themes content manager Nathan Weller responded by saying, quote, When it comes to Divi and Gutenberg, we've already released an update that brings a base level of compatibility. For those worried about what will happen with their existing websites upon the release of WordPress 5.0, they can rest easy. As far as the next stage of Gutenberg support and how exactly the two will work together in the future, there are still a lot of unanswered questions. At the end of the day, it's out of our hands, and the solution we choose will depend on the decisions the Gutenberg dev team make. Close quote. I was able to get on calls with Beaver Builder and Elementor and they express similar sentiments. Here is Elementor's CMO, Ben Pines. So I've heard that the release of Gutenberg will most affect websites that are using page builders. And I was wondering if this is accurate. No, completely not accurate. <laughs> really? Can you Can you get into that a little bit? Well, first of
8: all, the there was an editor before gutenberg i mean you you had a a wordpress editor and you had the page builders Mm -hmm. i don't know about other page builders i can tell you about our page builder is that first of all we make made sure to create full compatibility with gutenberg of course so you can switch back and forth if you're writing a blog post then decide to, to to switch to elementor and design it you can do that plus recently we released what we call Elementor blocks for Gutenberg. It's an external plugin that allows you to embed Elementor created templates within your Gutenberg blocks. Eventually we'll include it in the core of our plugin. I, I get a lot of questions. Are you threatened by Gutenberg? Is it? And I say no, because it's like asking, will Draw replace Photoshop? <laughs> you know, I know I, I'm not sure if that's the best comparison, but there's so much to be done in the web design uh industry there's so much more that can be done in wordpress that are still in our uh you know in our pipeline Mm -hmm. that uh, having wordpress improve its uh the the experience it offers uh, the users is great yeah i mean more users to wordpress more users to to elementor and we'll continue to advance it as a professional design tool
0: Oddly enough, Robbie McColo, co-founder of Beaver Builder, also had a Photoshop example. But my talk with him was also the most open and honest in regards to their feelings of uncertainty for the future
6: during this whole year of kind of learning about Gutenberg and the project and watching it progress, I guess it's almost two years now. Like I would be lying if I said that there wasn't some genuine concern from us that this, you know, Gutenberg was going to encroach on what we're doing and no one was going to want to use Beaver Builder anymore. Right. But as it's kind of played out, I mean, I think that, I think there's, there's going to be room for, for page builders and Gutenberg. Um, Of course that's my hopeful answer too.
0: Do you think you're going to find a way to fit into that? Yeah,
6: yeah. We've written a little bit about it throughout the, this, you know, last two years on our blog. Like we're Gutenberg supporters. Yeah. Uh, I think the Gutenberg project is a good thing for WordPress and and anything that's going to help grow WordPress is going to be beneficial to folks like ourselves and other people that are running biz- businesses on top of that platform. Sure. WordPress runs on 30% plus of the web. Gutenberg is going to be the core editor. So it's kind of it needs to be usable by this mass audience. Um, so, like, I, what I like I like to compare it with like Instagram versus Photoshop. Like, I would love to see Gutenberg kind of be the Instagram, where it continues to allow WordPress to grow and take market share. And yeah, um, whereas we can then kind of focus in on those power users and, and provide better solutions to the problems that they're seeing on that end of the spectrum.
0: I think you get the point. At least these three page builders support Gutenberg and look forward to seeing how things unfold with this new editing experience. Okay, let's jump back to our WordPress contributor, Chris. He was in the middle of giving use case examples for people who might hold off on switching to Gutenberg.
7: Um, I think there are cases where you know we have clients who who've had their site unchanged for four, five, six years even right. um, where we're just running the WordPress updates. And I think for them, um, there's of course some inertia there that they're used to a certain thing. And, and you know maybe it's just better to not change it. Yeah. So we try to adapt you know, based on the different
0: situations. There is another group of people who will most likely have to wait on adopting the Gutenberg editing experience, the accessibility community. The majority of the conversation happening around this topic has been a result of Gutenberg's accessibility team publicly speaking out. This happened on several occasions throughout Gutenberg's development, but the resignation of accessibility team lead, Rianne Reitvelt, was especially sobering. In the blog post she shared explaining her decision, she said, quote, the last year, especially the last few weeks, has been too politically complicated for me. It's better that someone else takes the lead now. Close quote. She then goes on to list all the ways her and her team evaluated and tested Gutenberg's accessibility and what efforts were made to educate and collaborate with the rest of the development team. To answer the question, how accessible is Gutenberg? She cited a quote from fellow accessibility team member Andrea Fercha, which says quote. While the Gutenberg team has worked hard to implement some fundamental accessibility features, the overall user experience is terribly complicated. Andrea then says, Gutenberg is actually a regression in terms of accessibility level compared to the previous editor. In short, the accessibility team felt that they were largely left out of the process, like some sort of afterthought, and these issues are just the effects of that. Nearly three weeks after Rian's resignation, the team put out another statement with an extensive list of concerns, and this led me to do some research of my own. I reached out to a friend of mine to see if I could get his insight on this topic.
4: Now, is it necessary for the person who's listening to the audio recording to understand my screen reader? Because I can do that. It actually sounds like a very pranky voice when it's slow. Just <laughs> professional. <laughs>
0: Say your name and what you do and uh, whatever kind of accolades you want to include in that. Okay.
4: Hi, this is Matthew Bullis, and I've been a technology teacher of blind and visually impaired adults for a little over six years now. And I've personally been using a screen reader on a computer for over 20 years. I've been blind all my life. And the world of computers is, is very open to those who are blind and visually impaired if we just learn the right skills and the techniques. But even with that, there's still accessibility and usability and efficiency issues that are still present in this day and age.
0: I wanted Matthew to try Gutenberg so we could get an understanding of what a new blind or visually impaired user's experience might be when navigating Gutenberg with assistive technology. And yes, I did say new blind or visually impaired user because this is Matthew's first time on WordPress. Okay,
7: so now there's the...
0: There's a way to add a block. Okay. So, can you go to the Add Block button?
3: No needs.
7: See next tip button. Disable tips button. No more buttons found. See next. Disable auto button for that. Feature the tags button for the Add a view. Public button. State button. Close edit. Like settings button. Document settings. Open publish panel. Total panel. Total panel. Menu. Total panel. Menu. Total panel. Click total panel. button. Menu. Go
4: Oh, here's the Add Block. Yeah,
0: that's it. There we go. Add menu. Okay, um, and then let's add a uh, paragraph block. So there's going
7: to be a... going to be a button for your. Okay. Button
0: oh, it switched to what? To uh, image button. Huh. Interesting. Can you go back to your to the block you made and try to change it?
4: I'm gonna look for the word change on the page.
7: Screen
0: result time. What did that say?
4: S- nothing. It's a, it couldn't find Search the screen the fam, result. Okay. Search so Facebook I'm gonna look for the word block.
0: Name. This process went on for about an hour and a half. So when we got to a clear stopping point, I asked Matthew to summarize the issues he ran into. So
4: the challenges that I came up with while trying to use this interface was it was unclear to me where I was most of the time. I found that when I would arrow through the text, I could move between the text if I was moving to the right across what's already been written, but as soon as I left arrowed just before the text started, it would bounce me out into another section of the website. There's no reason for a sighted person to use the arrow keys unless they're going somewhere else on the website and for a screen reader user you need to be able to go sequentially. Hmm. Another issue we came across was when you made changes such as font size and bold and italics, if you got to where you could apply the setting, there was no indication from the screen reader that it actually changed the setting. If you go into the font picker, when I moved it between the options from large to huge to small to medium I could press enter on that, and it would change. But again, no auditory feedback from the screen reader that told me that it had actually changed, and it was hard to get out of that control because it was a non-standard control. The normal control for something like this would be a combo box. That's the correct way that a standard control should work.
0: The first time I met Matthew, I saw him tapping away on his iPhone with so much ease. This was the first time I had ever seen accessibility technology in action. And I remember thinking, he's literally navigating that thing better and faster than I can. Now I realize my ignorance in that situation, but this is a regular occurrence for Matthew and I. I say something ignorant, and he graciously corrects me. It actually happened while I was recording with him. Uh, you've you've taught me a lot about technology for blind and visually impaired people, mm-hmm. and, um, and you've also talked a lot to the idea that that you're not um that you're not disabled if i i mean how how have you explained that to me before it's um uh i i'm not
4: i don't have a problem with saying the word disabled yeah because it is a, dis, a disability yeah but it gets it becomes less of a disability when Things are improved as far as efficiency and accessibility and yeah. barriers to technology aren't, aren't there. And it's, this is not a worse life, it's a different life.
0: Matthew often tells me he doesn't want to be treated like some sort of inspiration just because he knows how to use his phone and computer. He says, the technology is amazing, but I'm normal. And honestly, I think that's what Gutenberg's entire team is striving to create— Amazing technology for normal people.
4: The the, the fact that you know, we're having these little these issues here today would would not be a, a showstopper for me. Right. I would have my workarounds, or I would do as much as I could, and then get some sighted assistance. Or uh, somebody has called it the blind time tax, where something might take me two and a half hours. It would take you five minutes. Oh, click this, click this, click that. You know. Yeah. And. That's, that is, you know, if a, if a workaround is, is what I need to do, then that's what I would do. So.
0: Thankfully, the Classic Editor can be that workaround for the foreseeable future. But in the meantime, people continue to test, fix issues, and test some more. As of the time of this recording, we are under two weeks away from 5.0's release there are 88 open issues that are tagged accessibility in GitHub, and 308 closed. Let me tell you, there was a time that those numbers looked very different. I think my biggest takeaway is that living in a community and making a living in a community isn't always easy. People can be ignorant, things can start to change, and lots of mistakes are made. For a community to be successful, sacrifices are required from everyone. Sacrifices for the sake of the whole, and sacrifices that ensure no one is left in the margins, similar to a family. It's a tough balancing act, but maybe the only way for communities to really thrive is for everyone to look out for the needs of others. And that requires a lot of intentional effort and a willingness to let go sometimes. Hello WP is a podcast by WPMU Dev. It's produced by me, Micah Daly, and Josh Daly. I also did the editing and original score for this episode. Our show's art was designed by our super design team, Julian, Yudi, and Ash. A special thanks to Scott, Kyle, Zach, Chris, ben robbie and matthew for chatting with me on this episode we really couldn't have done it without you i'd also like to thank all the folks i bugged on wordpress's open slack channel your insight was super valuable in the making of this episode